Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to season two of the Reality Bites podcast. It's Megan and Jay. Before we jump into the new season of 90 Day Fiance, Jay, I have a question for you. What is it? Could you have any more NFL stuff on your vehicle? <laughs> I'm guessing that's your car outside, right? <laughs> that is my, yes. <laughs> and it's funny because I never even knew what you drove until I saw all of it. And I was like, oh, that's got to be Jay's car. Go support the team. <laughs> and you are. You're very supportive. How was your weekend? Um, It was not too bad. I don't know if you know this, but I went viral last week. What? I You're not on Facebook, I'm not on Facebook. Okay, so I know that because we all share a computer sometimes. There's a common computer. I've never once seen you logged in. <laughs> yeah. Now, our boss leaves his up all, all the, time, the time. All the time. I'm always so tempted Me to. Too. Oh, God. But... I uh I posted this picture on Facebook before Halloween and it has now been shared like 20,000 times. Oh, you showed me the picture. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it was my first official weekend as an internet celebrity and <laughs> <laughs> There's, you know what's funny now though is the pressure of what do you follow that up with? Like Absolutely. I haven't posted anything else because I don't know where I go from here. I was like, do I just quit the internet now? I don't, I don't know what. Now you have to get a social media beef with somebody else. You think I should start a like a war with someone? I'm just saying, you got to say something. Well, one time I did say something um, about BTS before oh. I even really knew who they were, and the BTS <laughs> army came for me so hard. Yeah, let's not go that direction. Yeah. Let's start small. I learned you don't pick fights with the BTS army, the Beehive, or Taylor Swift's, the Swifties. Just <laughs> leave them alone. Swift kickers. <laughs> the Swift kickers. Uh, how was your weekend? It was good. A lot of fun. My team won. I'm happy. We're ready to go. New season of 90 Day Fiance. Oh, what could man. be better? Let me tell you. Last night. I had to mentally and emotionally prepare myself for a new season of this circus. <laughs> and are you ready to jump into season two of the Reality Bites podcast? I am excited, actually. All right. Well, here we go. Starting off with Emily and Sasha. Now, Emily is 28 years old. She's from Portland, Oregon. Sasha is 31. He lives in Russia. Now, just a quick little recap of their relationship. After graduating from college, she moved to Russia to teach English. Now, she says she had planned on trying traveling all over Europe. However, during a visit to the gym with her co-workers, Emily spotted Sasha, an attractive fitness trainer. He trained her at the gym, she tutored him in English, and a romance ensued. I've always liked Russian literature, and I had an image of Russia in my head as kind of a wonderland. Then I landed in Volgograd, and I'm like, what the hell did I do? I don't have friends here. I can't read the language. This city looks like it's deteriorating. And it's freezing. At first, things were kind of difficult because Sasha knew very little English. 
but I'm an English teacher. It's my job. Can you speak slowly, please? One day we had gotten takeout for dinner. We were in the elevator and he just looked at me and he said, Emily, I want you to be my wife. Now, upon first glance, they seem like a very attractive couple. They do. About the same age, which is rare for 90 Day Fiance. I think you're going to find that as a theme in this year's 90 Day Fiance is that a lot of people, similar age. A lot more matched. Right. Right. We don't have as many of the much older (laughs) women going for much younger men and vice versa versa, with the exception of one couple. But Emily and Sasha, when you meet them for the first time, it seems like a relatively normal (laughs) enough story. Until we find out that Sasha, who is 31 years old, right. is on his third kid oh with his third baby mama. He's been married twice. Oh. He's had a child with each of the other wives. And now he's already gotten uh, her pregnant and they're engaged. So. Yeah, and she where we meet them, she is four days away from her due date. Right, I was trying to figure out because she doesn't look super pregnant and so i thought okay well maybe you know she's a few months away but when she said she was doing the math she's like i'm 39 weeks i'm like okay that's how many she said four days away i'm like oh, oh shoot wow she is this baby's coming time so here's what's interesting about their story is that this is a couple who's actually been in a relationship for quite a while right prior to getting pregnant getting engaged making this plan to bring everyone to the united states in the 90 day fiance franchise this k-1 visa consists of an american who has met a foreigner who lives in a different country has gotten engaged to this person has had to have been in a relationship with them for a while at least enough to prove that they have met in real life that they've been together in person correct you apply for this 90-day fiance visa once the k-1 visa is approved the foreigner can come to the u.s but you have to get married within 90 days or the foreigner has to leave and go back to their home country so that's how it all works I feel like with these two, he obviously has had some stuff in his past. The big question mark is going to be, will it all fall apart before they make it to the altar? And she's making the very possibly controversial decision to have the child in Russia as opposed to coming back to the States and having the child, which I would assume would give him a lot more parental control on where the child, you know, ends up residing in the future if things do kind of end badly. And I guess because it's so early, we haven't gotten to know anyone well enough personality wise. Oh, like normally know. the crazy doesn't start to come out until you're a couple episodes in. But the we season. know it's coming. But we know there's definitely a story <laughs> here and it'll be interesting to see what happens with these two over the, the course of 90 Day Fiance Season 7. Something seems a little off about her to me. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it yet, but she seems normal enough, and yet there's something. All right, up next, is it Tanya Insinjin? Yes, Tanya Insinjin. I know it's spelled kind of... You know, it's so hard in the beginning because you're still getting to know all the couples. Tanya's 29 years old. She lives in Colchester, Connecticut. Sinjin is also 29 and lives in South Africa. Now, this, another couple, relatively the same age, both attractive people. Now, they met when she went to South Africa to connect with a different guy that she met (laughs) on a dating app. When that fell apart, she flirted with Sinjin, who was a bartender at a bar the two went home together and she extended her trip 
for four months. Right. She left the other guy in the middle of the night, by the way. Let's just make sure we... She said, I kind of rolled out of bed, snuck out of the house, and went to a bar. Boom. Met Sinjin. Four months later, they're in, you know, love and who knows. Yep. So now they're engaged. She has applied for the K-1 visa. It has been approved. He is en route to the United States. He's the one in the previews that keeps going, America! (laughs) (laughs) The one in Times Square is very excited. Yeah. So they meet in New York City. She drives to New York City to pick him up. But before he arrives, we see Tanya in a porn shop because it's not an episode of 90 Day Fiance without somebody in an adult store. Now, they are going to move into her mom's backyard. There's a shed in the backyard. (laughs) There she shed now. I was just surprised that they didn't call it an apartment or a studio or a mother-in-law unit or a guest house, anything. But they kept referring to it as moving into a shed, which sounds very primitive. But so far, one of my favorites of the season is her mom talking about making a drink and getting in the hot tub at 7 o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, I like her. Oh, I thought you were going to say the part where she said, you know, um, if it can't go in your mouth, it shouldn't go in your vagina. I thought that was going to be your favorite quote. That's a lot, too. From Tanya. Have to cross-stitch that on a a pillow. (laughs) All right, moving on to Blake and Jasmine, a sleeper couple that we really didn't get to meet in episode one at all. Right. Now, he lives in Los Angeles. He's 29 years old. Jasmine's 27. She's from Finland. Another couple, relatively the same age. And what's interesting, I think, about these two is that he lives in L.A. Now, a common theme here is that a lot of the Americans are from these kind of like small towns because there's not much exciting going on where they live. They turn to these foreign international romances as this exciting escape from their boring, mundane life. Now, a guy who lives in L.A. bringing a girl to L.A. might bring up some questions of her motives and what she's really trying to do. So hopefully this is going to be a sleeper couple kind of like Benjamin and Akini from last season of Before the 90 Days where we really didn't know much about them in the beginning. It was a good three episodes before he even like got on a plane to go see her. Exactly. But then they wound up being one of the really compelling couples. So with Blake and Jasmine, we don't know yet, but that leads us to another couple we really didn't get to know at all. That's Mike and Natalie. Now, Mike is 34. He's from Squim, Washington, which I know very well because when I lived in Seattle, you would go to Squim. It was kind of famous for having these lavender fields. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful, but it's very small town Washington. Okay. So this is, again, another guy in small town Washington bringing Natalie from the Ukraine to live with him in the United States. All we know about them so far, they're polar opposites. A backstory that TLC did not give us last night, which I'm assuming we will find out soon enough, is that Mike's friend Matt recently married a woman from Ukraine and after that Mike wondered if he too should look for love in Ukraine which is how he met Natalie Mike's friend Matt and his wife Svetlana played matchmaker and introduced Mike to Svetlana's best friend who happens to be Natalie that's when they started chatting online but it does look like it's going to be pretty intense going forward because we saw a preview where he's like alright that's it well they ask her do you love Mike and she doesn't say anything she drops and her that, head. that triggers his reaction to get up and walk 
walk away. So I'm looking forward to getting to know this couple Absolutely. better as well. Moving on to Anna and Marcel. This has to be probably one of my favorite couples right now. Me too. The beekeepers. <laughs> I mean, at least they have something in common. I'm going to have to put out a disclaimer now that whenever referring to these couples, uh, Anna and Marcel, I'm probably going to have to uh, drop at least one or two bee puns. Absolutely. So The more the better. So beware. Uh, now, she's 38. She's from Bellevue, Nebraska. He's 38. He lives in Turkey, and they met on Facebook in a Facebook group for I beekeepers. I love it. It's the best. <laughs> that is the best. I mean, this is just proof that there really is someone out there for everyone. <laughs> now, the kicker here is that she's a single mom of three kids, and they allude to the fact that he, for whatever reason, does not want his family to find out that she has three children. Which has been a kind of a common theme we've seen in both 90 Day Fiance the other way, 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days, where some of these, especially gentlemen who are getting attached to these females in America who might have children or siblings or whatever, or not siblings, but children in past relationships, they're keeping it kind of secret from their families because of the close family bonds that they have. And I think he, again, is is from Turkey. He's from a Muslim family where it's not always acceptable to get divorced in the first place. Right. So these two, as, as cute as they are, there is definitely something very odd about him. I did notice they were the first couple that we met on the show last night. Right. That when he lands at the airport, he introduces Anna to this guy named Omar. Omar that he just randomly met on his flight. And I don't know if I was reading way too much into it, but I was like, he seems more excited about Omar than he does about Anna. He was like, Omar, come over here. And then he's like, Omar, this is my fiance. It was interesting. He's an interesting character. He is very much going to be a lot of fun, I feel like, so far. It's just what he does, his mannerisms. Big communication barrier between these two, though. And, and that's where I go, man, some of these Americans have a lot more patience than I do. Because, listen, I can totally understand if there are some things you don't quite get. My best friend was born in Somalia. To this day, there are things that she'll ask me, like, I'll, I'll say something that's pretty a common slang term. Right. And she doesn't understand what it means. And then I have to explain it to her. So I do have patience for it. But, like, I don't know if I could ever be in a relationship with someone that I couldn't have a legit conversation with. My name is Mursad. I am from Antalya, Turkey. I am uh, 38. He finally got here and I'm so excited. <laughs> We've been waiting so long and I'm just so happy he's here. Michelle, how do you feel right now? Michelle. How do you feel that you're here? Okay. I meant to kiss you. <laughs> you can write in Turkish. And you had only, to use Google Translate at all times? Yeah, and not only that, but another common thing that seems to happen is that when there's conflict, the foreigner pretends like they don't understand, <laughs> and it's a, just a means of kind of deflecting the situation. So something tells me that there's going to be some of that between these I two. I wish I could do that in my relationship with oh, my wife. Like, we get in a fight, no I'm just like, I'm, no. <laughs> No speaky speaky no, the English. I no don't hablo espanol. <laughs> Your wife's like, oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> All right. And that leads us to Angela and Michael, 
who are going to be making an appearance on this season because they are included in the previews and the promos for the show. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. <sighs> now, Angela and Michael, we have a long history with. <laughs> a long history. With, when it comes to 90 Day Fiance, where we last left off with them at the tell-all at the end of 90 Day Fiance. Before the 90 Days, Angela got into a physical altercation with Avery's mom, which TLC did not air, but I have read about uh, online since that all uh, happened. Okay. She was asked to leave by the show because she got physical and aggressive. She came into that tell-all ready to fight, ready to rumble. Ready to I mean, fight. she was in a foul mood. She has has always been this very kind of like rough and tumble character on mm-hmm. the show. And what they allude to moving forward on this season of 90 Day Fiance is that Michael's visa has been approved. He is supposed to be coming to the United States. She is getting ready by going and getting Botox injections, which how she can afford that, I don't know, because <laughs> we know about her financial struggles. She's very open openly talked about how she can't afford to go on these trips and she can't afford the $3,000 cotton patch wedding and, and Botox is not cheap. I don't know. She. <sighs> so the big clip that that's kind of the cliffhanger that leaves us all wondering what's going on is they are on a FaceTime call where Angela asks Michael, do you still want to get married? And he's like sobbing. He is sobbing, which leads to what could be the reason for his distress? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that he has figured out that marrying her is a very bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but we haven't gotten to the call yet, so I guess we'll find out in due time time what that's all about so then moving on to the crash and burn couple that's what i'm going to call them because this has disaster written all over it okay which one because i got a couple ideas robert and annie Okay. Robert is 41 years old. He lives in Winter Park, Florida. Annie is 30, and she's from the Dominican Republic. He's, he's a New Yorker who lives in, because you can Originally definitely... from Brooklyn. You can hear the accent, and he says, he says that he's I'm a New Yorker who is, is now living in Florida. He drives for a rideshare service. Right. He is a single dad. He met Annie in the Dominican Republic. They got engaged after only spending eight hours together. So how did you propose? Uh, I did it on the beach. And uh, puta cara. Well, when she gets here, I'm going to do it better than that. Yeah? Yeah. How long did you spend with her then? I spent out there. I was a day out there. Just a day? Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. So you you engaged you right there? Yeah. That was pretty much, pretty much it. Mm-hmm. At the time that I proposed to Annie, I didn't have a ring, but it just came out. It just felt right. But even though she said yes already, I want to do it with a ring. I'm going to do a redo. So I'm going to take her out to the beach, get on one knee, and propose the right way. Now that was the crazy part to me because he said that he booked a cruise that had a stopover in the Dominican Republic as opposed to just buying a flight and like maybe just going for a weekend. My question is, who is the immigration agent who approved her visa? <laughs> you know, we have talked to people who have been on the 90 Day Fiance franchise yes. before who say you have to prove that you have an established relationship with someone in order for a visa to be approved. If he spent eight hours with this girl one day, one day, who 
was like, oh yeah, like, whatever, come on in. Come on in. I don't know, but there's a lot of questions about this relationship just in general. It looks like it's going to be extremely volatile. Again, finances appear to be a big issue, as he says in episode one. He can't afford to buy her a ring. He can't afford to buy her this iPhone that she wants. Looks like his friends are not going to be on board with any of this, not going to be big fans of hers. And she definitely looks like she's she's um, coming with an agenda. She does. He's uh, actually going to buy her lingerie for her benefit, which is very nice of him. I feel like that's the proper thing to do. What? What is with these couples going to like sex shops and lingerie shops? Listen, by all means, we're all adults. Like most of us have been inside those stores before, have shopped at those stores before. But being so overtly sexual and open about it, is that something that the show tries to push you to do? Or are you just that proud of being a freak that... (laughs) I think Robert's just that dude. I think he's just that dude where he's like, hey, my girl's got a big old booty and I like to highlight it. So could you point me in the right direction, please? But while he's there, she's texting him a bunch of... Angry Angry face face emojis, like a bunch of them. And she's mad because she can't get the money that he supposedly had sent to her. Here we go. Another person who cannot afford to be sending money to someone overseas. He has a small child. Yes, exactly. He has a small child. He He takes care of ride share service, which don't get me wrong. You can do pretty well doing. I understand that at least people that I've talked to who drive for Uber and Lyft say you can make, you know, 20 bucks an hour, which is way better than minimum wage. It's not a bad way. You get to set your own schedule. He says it allows him to spend more time with his son. So that's a good thing. But it doesn't sound like he's in a position whatsoever to be sending money. Because it didn't seem like he was driving for like Uber Black or anything like that. Like I saw his car and then he was trying to tell us that, oh, you know, I've driven a couple football players and Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm thinking, I don't think Shaquille O'Neal's sitting in the back of your Impala. What was it? It was like, a, wasn't it? Yeah, like it was like a, a Malibu yeah, or something. It was yeah. definitely not a Shaquille O'Neal. Like, hey, I'm going to get into this random Uber or Lyft. And Robert's one of those people who, like I said, sadly, there's a kid involved and I hate that he's about to go through this process and all of the alarm bells are going off. All of the red flags are there. Episode one. And and on the one hand, you want to feel bad for the guy. And then on the other hand, you want to be like, you really don't have anyone to blame but yourself. Well, and to quote Robert, I mean, it's really none of our business. That's exactly right. And there is no way to know because he says, and that, and I did, he is right. They've spent eight hours together in person. It might work. It might not. But there is no way to know when you enter into a new relationship, there's always a risk involved. There's no way to know what's going to work out as well as you think you may know someone or not know someone. I agree with you absolutely on that. I just think that on his, he's a little, you know, naive if he thinks it's none of our business when he's doing it to be on the show. That's all I'm saying. Why didn't he go back several times? Because as far as we know, they've only spent eight hours together in person, right? That's what I'm saying. The whole crux of my suspicion about this situation, not suspicion like the Caesar situation, just his his mindset and his thinking is that he said he booked a cruise so he could have a stopover in the Dominican so he could spend the day with her. Again, if you can book a cruise, which aren't, ex- you know, they're not very cheap, why couldn't you find a cheap flight from Florida to the Dominican to spend a weekend? I have a bad feeling about this couple. Do not think it's going to last. <laughs> But we shall see. Last but not least, our May-December romance. Oh, yeah. There's got to be one There's on the show. There's got to be one. There's got to be one. Michael is 41 years old. He lives in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is a very affluent community. Right. And uh, he is engaged to Juliana, a 23-year-old Brazilian. <laughs> 
Now, Michael says he met Juliana on a big yacht party that a friend of his was throwing in Croatia. He went out of his way to make sure we knew that there were a lot of celebrities there, which I'm so glad he mentioned because I would not have been as impressed otherwise. (laughs) And then he says that he was amazed to find out that Juliana was only 20 years old. Like That's so weird. I'm on this yacht. She looks like she's 15. I'm on this yacht with a bunch of other rich people and we bring in models and what? She's young? I don't She's only 20? That's so weird. That is (laughs) shocking, Michael. Very shocking. Uh, Now, Michael's kids break out stars of the season already. awesome. How do you think your mom feels about Juliana? I think she feels... She doesn't... I don't think she necessarily feels like not liking that, but I think it's a sort of unusual circumstance. I think she's okay with Juliana because she's not as much as like a stepmom. She's more... She's more like one of us, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, These kids threw shade at their dad throughout the entire two hours, and it was hilarious because they just seemed to get like, oh, she's closer in age to us right, than more, she is to our dad. I don't think mom will be upset because she's more like us than she is like a girlfriend or stepmom or anything. And I give huge props to his ex-wife for agreeing to come on the show and being as kind of calm and level-headed about all of this as she appears to be. I am with you 100% on that. And if Michael could be any more cliche, the guy in his 40s going for like the 23-year-old model, if you honestly believe that this is a legit loving relationship, then I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona that has got your name written all over it. And Michael's like, hey, yeah, yeah, I sent her some money. But you know, it's not the reason why she loves me. And she's got his credit cards. Yeah, she has my credit cards, but that's, I mean, come on. Until she gets her modeling career off the ground. Right. He says he has vowed to take care of her. And and listen, to be fair, we really haven't gotten to know her yet. There is a chance, albeit a, I would guess a very small chance, that she is as sweet and genuine and smart as he claims that she is. Well, and the interesting thing is, much like Sasha, she was denied a visitation visa. Tourist visa, yes. So that's and very interesting. And they also preview that she is asked in her visa interview, because right. when you go through this process, you you have to be interviewed, whether or not she has been working as a prostitute for the past 10 years. Now, she's only 23. Now, she's only 23. <laughs> I was like, okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on just a second. <laughs> 23 minus 10 would put her at 13. 13. Like, what? <laughs> now, they denied her tourist visa because they were suspicious that she would be coming here to pursue other things. Man, meanwhile, <laughs> Annie, who we just talked about, who Robert met for four hours hours eight hours no problem getting here but the model quote unquote is denied a tourist visa denied the tourist so you know look I mean, you always hear about men going through midlife crises. He's definitely going through He's one. Definitely He's definitely going, going through. through Michael's definitely going through a midlife crisis. Oh, uh, and just his incomplete denial about it. Just as like seems like he wants us all to believe that this is like 100% legit. It happened organically and they are madly in love with each other. But and he I, also strikes me as one who has a lot of really deep-seated anger. Oh, Did you he, pick up on that? He definitely looks like he is just like a ticking time bomb like, type. Like inner rage right. that he keeps suppressed. But like there's one preview where he's like, she's not a prostitute. And I was like,
like, whoa, okay, there, like, whoa. And his his kids, they're wonderful, and especially when his son is like, well, you know, she's not quite young enough to be his daughter. And I was like, well, oh, actually, she, actually is. she is. Actually, she very well could. You guys be. might not have gotten that in your math class yet because you're still pretty young, but. <laughs> All right. Well, season seven of 90 Day Fiance is now underway. We will be back in one week to talk about episode two of this new show. <laughs> we are here for it. We're here for it. Make sure you find the Reality Bites podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Rate and subscribe.